This is the KNGI Network.
welcome to a very special edition of Viper's VGM Chair. As always, I am your host, none other than the Green Viperate, and welcome to the Mario Movie Edition of the show. Now, I'm sure you can guess what's happened today based on the title and what we're talking about, but regardless, if you haven't, if you listen to this in the future and time is but an illusion, today is the 5th of April 2023. And in many regions, today was the day that the Super Mario Brothers movie, not the original one or the anime film, the, the new one, released in cinemas. Now, I managed to get myself down to the theatre exclusively for the purposes uh, of providing you an entertaining show tonight. Definitely not because I just wanted to watch it anyway. But that's one of the benefits. Uh, I wish I could claim it as a tax write-off, but I don't pay it. No, I'm joking. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, things don't work that way. This is not a professional gig. This is suffering that I bring on to myself. And by suffering, I mean great entertainment, especially at my expense, quite often at my expense. But still, we have fun here. That's the main thing. But yes, welcome. Hope you've all had a fantastic day so far. A fantastic week, mind you. And thank you for joining me here on tonight's episode, live on the KNGI Network. And speaking of which... Why don't you come and join us on the KNGI Discord if you listen in live. That is KNGI.org forward slash Discord. And you can come and hang out with the likes of Cole JCRB, Jamie64326, and Resident SD. I know there's other people lurking and listening elsewhere. If you are, hello to you. Big wave to the podcast listeners as well. And if you want to join us on other platforms, we are on Twitter at Viper'sVGMChair, or you can use. Uh, the hashtag Viper'sVGMChair. Alternatively, we're on Mastodon. Viper'sVGMChair at the VIPViper's.space. There was a bit of chatter about what we played at the start of the show there, so I should probably tell you. And that was Kyle thinking down in the chat room. First of all, the boss man, Kyle JCRB's here. But second of all, he thought that that was the Nintendo Orchestral Game Music Concert version from all the way back in 1992, in the case of that first song there. It actually wasn't. It was from the London... Philharmonic Orchestra that was their take on the Super Mario Brothers theme with a little bit of the World 1-2 theme in there as well. There's actually from the album The Music of Video Games, I believe. Something like that. I'm now going to double click it to double check this. It is from the album The Greatest Video Game Music released in 2011. It has uh, one of the strangest, most laughable covers of all time. Uh, that really just encapsulates gaming in 2011. But regardless, it's a great album uh, with many covers of uh, iconic video game soundtracks, courtesy of the London Philharmonic Orchestra. It's a really good one, uh, but that one's one of the standout ones, of course, and I thought something grandiose would be appropriate, uh, especially considering we all knew the Super Mario Bros. 1 ground theme was going to be in that film at least once. It's in there quite a lot in the score, I will say that. It's a layer motif that reappears quite a bit. So, no matter, even before I saw it, I knew it was going to be there and I had to play a rather splendid rendition of that one there. Fitting for an event as grand as this one. And then afterwards, from Mario Kart 8, that was N64 Rainbow Road, a remix of the track from Mario Kart 64. Yes, hi everyone. I hope you've had a good week. As I mentioned, how's my been? Or how's mine been? It's been pretty eventful. It's been good for the most part. Been some highs and some lows, to be completely honest with you. But I've been trying to keep up here and there where possible. 
Um, what have I been up to massively? I finally beat Bayonetta Origins, uh, Cereza and the Lost Demon. Phenomenal game. Um, people know how critical I was on Bayonetta 3 after I finished it. I wasn't exactly shy about that detail. Bayonetta Origins is a really, really good game. I hope it's the start of a bright future for uh, the new B-team of Platinum Games. So I'm sure there's B-teams anyway, but the certainly the newest team over in Platinum because it's fantastic. It really tugs at the heartstrings and reignites a little bit of faith that I'd honestly lost in that team. So I'm looking forward to seeing what more they produce in the future. Finished that one. I finished the newest Forza Horizon 5 DLC, uh, the second island expansion. Not as expansive or as fresh slash unique as the first one, but more of the same in the case of Forza is fine enough for me. So, got on with some of that. Been playing some CTGP7 today and custom track pack for Mario Kart 7. Been getting my teeth into it because I always love those sorts of mods for games and it's no exception. I'm probably like six or seven cups deep today and I've been having a whale of a time. So, that's been a nice one. Aside from that, still had Pokemon Black on the go. Really need to hop back into some Like a Dragon Ishin, Ishin, however you want me to say it. Uh, and that's really all that's been going on in the gaming world. What have you been up to? What have you been playing? Any news you've been looking forward to? Do let me know. Of course, I've mentioned it enough. The topic of tonight's show is the Mario movie. So if you've seen it, you're looking forward to seeing it. Uh, anything like that, or you got a date in mind, or you haven't quite uh, got around to booking it yet. Regardless, what you think, looking at the trailers, any questions you want to know. All of that is open on tonight's show, so feel free to get in touch in all the usual places. Speaking of getting in touch, requests are open, so if you like anything from the Super Mario franchise, feel free to let me know. There's uh, plenty of space still left, so really get in anything you want. My picks for the most part are related to uh, the film itself, the scenery we've seen within the film's trailers, and the little uh, melodies, layer motifs, etc. that frequently appear throughout the movie. Uh, most of them will already be known or quite obvious, but hey, in case you don't want to hear about that sort of thing, then it's very, very minor spoilers, if even at all. It's all s stuff and things and people that have been shown in trailers, so I really don't think it'll be that shocking, but on the off chance you uh, would like to not be spoiled, then I guess just don't listen to the music, although that's half the episode at this point, but really, I'd honestly say there's nothing that's going to ruin your enjoyment of the film if you've been going in blind ahead of time. It's all perfectly safe. <laughs> Let's see what that chat room's up to right about now. So, uh, great to hear from Phil Harmonic. Nice guy. Uh, I hear he's related to Juan, too, and uh, Mike Check, of course, but I could be completely wrong on that one. <laughs> it's the same arrangement as the OGMC version, says uh, Kyle in regards to the Super Mario Brothers theme. Yeah, I heard that. There was some uh, chatter as well that there was, was it possibly the Boston Orchestra um, also did a cover of it that's the same arrangement? Presumably, I guess all of these, all of these, uh, you know, orchestra suites goes to Nintendo and go, hey, can we have the sheet music as you have it transcribed, please? And they go, yeah, sure. Because there's slight subtle differences between the two uh, versions that I was aware of. And, well, apparently, according to Kyle, it's very similar to that one as well. So there's there, there, there's a lot of similarities. I assume a situation like that's happened, or they've all just listened to each other's homework and gone, interesting. <laughs> let's let's nick this one. I mean, let's, uh, let's transcribe this musical piece 
I have no idea what the copyright is uh, in regards to that sort of thing. Maybe that's maybe that's what happened. I'm not an investigative investigative journalist. I didn't get much of that sentence right, but I'm not very good at uh, looking into these musical acts of theft. So don't ask me. But um, I I just waffle on here on the radio for your entertainment, and entertaining is what I shall do. And I'm a man of the people, so naturally I'm going to get into some listener requests on tonight's show. First of all, coming up, we've got one from Jamie, uh, who I've been asked to drop the 64326 from. I'll probably still do it every single time. Sometimes to annoy you, other times just out of forgetfulness. That's the kind of guy I am. Mario Golf. Uh, Mario Golfer. Yes, totally. Mario Golf Toadstool Tour coming up now, followed by a little bit of Captain Toad, and finally a request from Resident SD from Super Mario Odyssey. Take a grand guess as to what a combination of SD and Odyssey uh, will get you music-wise. I'm sure I won't take you that long to figure out, but it's a great song regardless. When we come back, I'll be talking to you all the things about the Super Mario Brothers movie, so uh, I know I've seen some questions in the chat already, but if you're curious, feel free to ask me, otherwise I'll be giving you the rundown on all the notes I made after viewing. What I'm going to go ahead and spoil already is a pretty great movie, in my opinion. Good film, believe it or not. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have the drive to want to celebrate it on a show. But I'm doing it anyway. That's what I do, right here on Vipers VGM Show.
and welcome back to the show. Steam Gardens from Super Mario Odyssey there, as requested by Resident SD. Followed from Cap Captain Toad, Treasure Tracker. That is the main theme of the game. Simply known as Captain Toad, Treasure Tracker. Who would have guessed today? And kicking off a block from Mario Golf, Toadstool Tour. That was Lakitu Valley 2, requested by Jamie. No numbers. What, you thought I was going to do them? Nah, those days are far behind me, let me tell you. Anyways, this is the part of the show where I'm going to be giving you my in-depth, the, the, as much of a degree as I can do it, because I'm not a hugely in-depth, critical reviewer. But I'm going to be telling you everything I thought about my time with the Super Mario Brothers movie. Not, not the original, once again, we're still not doing that, we're, we're doing the new one. So, if you've not seen it yet, I'm pretty much going to try and dodge around spoilers for the most part, so you should be completely safe, but if you're really hyper-sensitive to spoilers and are worried, I might inadvertently say something, hey, feel free to leave, but I've really tried to keep this free from anything whatsoever. I just know how strict some people are on it on certain bits of media before stuff comes out, so your last warning, I guess, but... I try my best to not say anything specific and speak in broad strokes, so to say. Right then, with that in mind, uh, so yeah, I want to talk a little bit about getting to watch this film because I absolutely knew I needed to see it day one, and that was something that was to not be debated because I know how the internet works. I would see all of the spoilers posted online immediately on day one. The post credits would be straight online I'd have had that spoiled and I'd probably had the entire plot uh, listed off in a tweet or a reply to someone just uh, snarkily so I didn't want to do it I knew friends as well who would get there uh, very early in the morning and would immediately tell me everything about it so when it came time to book the tickets I got one for a sensible-ish time on the Wednesday uh, and all was good I was ready to go uh, it's only a local cinema chain here uh, up in the Midlands. I'm, I'm back here, in case you couldn't tell by the changing microphone. Um, so, yeah, we had a little bit of... Uh, we have a, we only have one local chain uh, here in the town, as in one cinema, it's a local chain. Uh, so as a result, there wasn't much viewing choice. Uh, I couldn't just go somewhere like the Odeon we have here in the UK, uh, which, you know, one of the many chains, other chains are available, of course, but they all usually have, like, special offers for big children's movies slash family movies like this. Uh, the place I went had no such thing, so it was the only option. Get a nice seat, go at a nice time, have a nice time with it, and you're not going to worry about the pre-order bonuses, <laughs> which is creeping into films uh, like it already has, well and truly, into video games. So, all is good. Got my ticket booked like a week in advance. I'm ready to go. And I even had all my day planned today. Uh, I was going to get there with, like, 30 minutes to spare, uh, grab a bit of lunch to take into the cinema, uh, of course pack my bag accordingly so I can sneak it past the cinema, uh, security guys, because no way I'm paying uh, like five plus pound for two uh, two kernels of popcorn, that's not happening. So I, I planned this all out to get there at a certain time, grab some certain stuff, go in briskly, I was probably going to get some pictures of all the stands and the merchandise that they had in the cinema itself, because quite often... That cinema's really good with having a load of posters and standees sitting around, so... I'd, I'd get there, take a picture of the uh, physical ticket, which I was going to print off. All was going to be cool. Even brought the little... Uh, even brought the little cappy with me. Uh, the, the physical one they did and gave away prizes for a little bit. 
I'm not cringe enough to wear it in the cinema. I absolutely knew it was going to be rammed full of families because it's the Easter holidays. I, uh, you know, I might be cringe and free, but I'm not that cringe. So the the entire intent of bringing it was to take a picture of it with the physical ticket and go, look, haha, I am at the movie that everyone is seeing on social media because I don't know, that sort of thing's fun sometimes. I am part of the mob mentality, the herd, whatever you want to say. Uh, I I've seen the thing. No FOMO for me. Haha. <laughs> Um, so this was all planned out perfectly, and I was going to get there for plenty of time to be able to watch the adverts. All was going to be great. Bus cancelled this morning. <laughs> uh, I decided I opted to get a later-ish one, not too bad. We're still going to be like 45 minutes in town. But, yeah, got cancelled. Great stuff. So, I practically now, with, what, about 30 minutes to spare, uh, very briskly walked into town. It's a 20-minute walk. Uh, and I knew I needed to get into the shop, paid, purchased, across the road, get in the cinema, obviously pack my bag accordingly so they couldn't see what was in the bag. Good times. Um, I knew it was going to be a tight one, so I did do a bit of brisk walking, uh, a bit of power walking going on. Not quite running, I'm not that desperate to uh, see the Super Mario Brothers film, but certainly had to get there in a bit of a timely manner. By the time I get there, I'm absolutely just ready to pass out. I forgot my pin when I was buying my lunch. Not ideal. Um, and by the time, yeah, I got into the cinema, it was prime time to just lie on the floor in a, in a puddle, to be honest with you. It wasn't a particularly warm one today, but uh, that walk down by the river can get exhausting. Uh, let me inform you people. So... I get there, there's a queue going all around the lobby. I've never seen, any other time I've been in the cinema, I've never seen anyone else in there. Uh, last time I went was for a viewing of the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 movie uh, on my partner's birthday uh, last year. So, the when I went there, there was another couple in the cinema. That was it. As in, in the entire cinema. Including staff. That, that was your lot. There was one other couple. Uh, this time around, though, it was Ramo. It was school holidays. It was to be expected in the uh, middle of a school... As I say, school holidays, but I meant uh, in the middle of uh, prime family hours as well. It was 12pm. It was going to be like that. Um, so I kind of knew to expect it, but all around the cinema, this big lobby, just a queue for the tickets. I'm like, oh, no. I've massively balls this up. Um, but I stand in the queue for a little bit. I've already prepaid for my tickets. I realize these people are getting in the queue to get food and pay for tickets. I suddenly notice the screen's working. Perfect. Go over there. Bam. Scan my card. Doesn't work. Notice a little sign that quietly says, hey, if you have your QR code, you don't actually have to go up to the food stand to get your QR code printed into a physical ticket. You can just go up to the gate and ask the guy. There was like one other person stood at the gate, so I go up to the gate. I go, hey, will you take the QR code? Yep, lovely, I'm in. Thank God. I've, I've given you all this background detail, because one, I always enjoy telling these sorts of stories. Two, I was just worried I was going to miss the start of the film, because quite a lot of cinemas, uh, I don't know if this works the same in the US, but we'll put the time, at uh, the start time, as when the adverts start not when the actual film starts. They will start 20 minutes after it says the start time is, just to get you in to force you to watch the adverts, basically. Nowadays, in the age of phones, doesn't really work as effectively, but still, um, they still do it. They try it on and all that. 
I didn't know if that was the case with the cinema. It's an independent cinema. I don't remember what happened last time. It was realistic that I could have got there and nothing... Uh, there was no adverts, anything like that. It just got straight in. If that were the case, then I would have cut it extremely close. So, not only was I physically sweating from how fast I was walking, uh, I was mentally sweating too because I was worried I was going to miss the start of this film. Review ruined. How can I critique it if I've not seen the whole thing? Fake fan. It's all over. I'm happy to report that wasn't the case though. Uh, so I made it in. I watched the entire film uh, with a grin on my face. And now I'm finally going to get around to it and tell you what I thought of the film. So... The basic, simple rundown, the TLDR, before I even get into the uh, bits that you can read, it's a really good film. Uh, I enjoyed the entire thing thoroughly. Um, the reason I bring this up is because uh, the immediate point of comparison I think a lot of people are going to go to is the uh, some of the Hedgehog films. Uh, to the point before this, they were the most successful video game films. And I think they were great as well. I really love both of them. The second one in particular, it's a big step up from the first, but I still have fun with the first when I go back to it every now and then. Uh, the reason I bring this up is because the thing with the second uh, that people didn't like is the live, live action bits where Sonic's not involved, which is the wedding sequences in that film. Now, a lot of people just didn't like this because, oh, I don't want to watch a family, just a family comedy movie. I want to watch Sonic. Where is Sonic? I think they were actually some of my favourite bits of that film. I never had any complaints. They always made me laugh every time I went back to rewatch them. Um, but I know a lot of other people are like, I came here to watch Sonic. I want to watch Sonic. Oh, he's not on screen. What will I do? Um, that was a common complaint with the film from pretty much everyone. Apparently I was the in the minority there. But my point being is, it, that's the point of comparison people go to, is Sonic 2, I think. It came out last year, hugely successful, highly rated um, by audiences, not critics, but that's to be expected, and I've got something on that for Mario 2. But, um, yeah, that was, like, a big sore point on that film for a lot of people, was um, that one particular sequence that kind of played out throughout the film. Uh, Mario doesn't have a point like that, and therefore I think to a lot of people, they'll feel the same. Enjoyable throughout... There's no dip, dull moment, or, oh, fine, I'll close my eyes, you know, turn my brain off for a second while this sequence I don't care about plays out. There's nothing like that here. It's enjoyable, the same, more of the same, and what you came for throughout the entire thing. There's no distractions, no uh, cutaways from the actual plot. It's all grade A Mario material. So, yeah, Not A Dull Moment to me was thoroughly entertained throughout, I put here. Uh, I did note it was an interesting retelling slash alternate universe to the games in terms of the backstory, setup of characters, etc. Uh, now, Mario is famous for not really having a plot. It's very malleable in that sense, and that's exactly what it's designed to be. And good games don't always need an intriguing uh, epic lore behind them or anything like that. You know, a video game's main thing is to be fun. I'm sure most people will agree with that. And fun can come without anything but a solid backbone. And that's what Mario has always had. It has the backbone of how interactions should go, um, you know, what motivates these characters, and uh, the basic plot beats that happen in order to facilitate that. You know, I'm sure you've seen it before. Princess Peach gets kidnapped. Mario goes on a quest to save her. Maybe joined by some other characters who are, um, you know, already set in stone beforehand. Luigi, he's the cowardly one who's the taller, faster, but more slippery and more clumsy 
version of Mario who tag alongside him, etc. All of this is set in stone. Their backstories, while mentioned, don't really need to appear in games because why would they? It's not necessary to build fun gameplay, but you need that basic plot structure to build on top of for a game in order for it to well, really have any meaning or substance or anything like that. Um, and Mario's always been set in stone in that regard. They very rarely mess with the basic formula. While certain details might change, the entire structure stays the same. In that sense, the Super Mario Bros. movie actually takes quite a lot of daring risks. Their backstories, uh, while yeah, they were Brooklyn plumbers in the games, they never go into this. They never explain how this happened, etc. It's just set in stone as it is. This is just the way things are. Deal with it. Of course, as you've seen from the trailers, we see them get into some actual plumbing in this film. Um, they are sp specifically and well shown to be Brooklyn plumbers from New York City. That is the fact of it. And it's not just, hey, this is this backstory we wrote and never bring up ever again. It's here, and it's an integral part of the film. The actual uh, Mushroom Kingdom and the rest of the Super Mario elements that we note from the video games and other iconic power-ups and characters and locations and the mushrooms and everything like that. Um, I'm not going to go too much into detail, but they don't play too much into Mario's backstory. They play into his current story, which is very different from the way the canon is well handled in the games which once again is to say it exists for the purpose of being a device to frame the gameplay they take a lot of daring and risky stylistic choices in regards to the backstory the current story and everything else relating to these characters in this film and it's one that paid off it's way more interesting um than i think mario plots have been for a long time like many other people, I'd say Odyssey was the most interesting because of how much it shook it up and it seemed like there was going to be a serious rule reversal at play in terms of some of the characters and how they interact with each other, how they're going to be going forward. And while we've not seen that come into fruition yet, uh, the Super Mario, oh, sorry, in the games, the Super Mario Brothers movie uh, takes this 10 steps further in terms of starting again from the baseline because, of course, we've got to explain the origin. It's the first film. Whereas the game's already established an established thing, this gave them a chance to start fresh and do things differently in a different medium. I would be interested to see this uh, transition of the games because the characters are really, really improved here over how they appear in uh, other media. It's something I would like to see more of going forward, for sure, because the way they act, their archetypes, the what motivates them, everything like that, is solidified here, for one, which is never really something you could say for the video games. It's just whatever in that exact moment takes their fancy, aside from the core basics. Mario must save the princess, Bowser must be evil, blah blah blah. Um, you, you get a lot more, uh, you get a lot more personality, depth, which is what I'm going to probably keep using, but you do you get a lot more of this uh, actual character and flavour to these characters, which is so desperately needed in the games, because while, yes, the philosophy of gameplay first and well and truly above others still works, and it's perfectly fine in the case of the Mario movie. See, oh, sorry, the more, more, more than okay for the Mario games, but seeing how things work in the Mario movie, how much it makes you yearn 
for the for these same uh, characters and their exact way of being. I really want to see this transferred into the games. It would be great to see a little more personality and flavour on display from all of these characters going forward. It'd be fantastic. So aside from that, it's a neat story in that regard. Although it can be pretty by the numbers, there are a few out of nowhere moments which did twist things up and they made things more interesting ultimately. Nothing that's going to blow your socks off or you can say, wow, I didn't see that coming. But short, in the moment, distractions or quick changes uh, to the expected, which do keep it fresh and not too predictable at any moment, it plays out as you'd expect it to. You know, shocker, Mario saves, or doesn't quite save the princess, because that's one of the big changes for the better. IMO, um, the princess doesn't need saving, it's Luigi who needs saving, and they all work together, blah, 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 blah. Um, so, in that regard, um, what was I going to say about it? Yeah, we know this is going to happen. Mario's going to defeat Bowser. That is the core of every piece of Mario media, basically, at this point, and it's no different here. We know that's going to be the ending. There's no way they're not going to make that the ending. Of course it will be, because if this film is, for some reason, not successful, which I doubt, they would well, want to give it a nice round result. They've done that. Of course they did. We know that's how it's going to end, but the places it takes you and the moments you have all throughout aren't always to be expected. They're not your by-the-numbers typical Mario plot. And it's great. It's all the greater for that, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, great refreshes of characters uh, I noted here uh, alongside that. It's a direction, a new bold direction, that I think carry a great film franchise going forward. I also said lots of neat references that aren't too in your face, thankfully, uh, for the average audience. So many just like background nods to Nintendo and Mario and the creators of the series and the faces and voices and talents that made it popular just quietly sprung in the background. Or sometimes, if you know what you're looking for, they're pretty obvious. But I think the trap that sometimes video game films and popular culture films uh, of pre-existing franchises fall into is, oh my god, look, aren't we so clever? We remembered the thing which we read on Wikipedia, which is this uh, this reference. Like, we put 1991 in the Sonic film, because that's when Sonic came out. Aren't we clever? Um, that's just an example of not an actual thing. I just made it up off the top of my head. But I'm sure that happens in the Sonic film. But it's not just, oh, we read Wikipedia and put in things that we think would appease fans. It's very much deep cut and loving stuff that really makes you remember that the people behind this, all of the people working on it, are such huge fans of the property. And it's not just a job. It's, it's a passion project from everyone involved. And that's a really nice thing to see. And yeah, I think Sonic had a lot of the same thing going for it, but Super Mario Bros. is just in a whole new direction in that regard. But the reason I think it works so well is that it's not super in your face about these references. But if you know what you're looking for, if you know your Nintendo, you know your Super Mario, then there's so much here that will just make you grin and make you smile. But not too obnoxiously. It's not like, ugh, really, we're... We're talking about this thing, but there was so many little details. Not just, oh, thing that happens in plot, but just background shots, moments, uh, little easter eggs that are fantastic and really 
really brought that extra charm uh, to the hardcore fans and won people like me over uh, in the end of it. But yes, in the end, it was much better than feared. Um, it was much better than feared, and it was a big step up, of course, over previous Mario movies. I've actually not seen both of them, but I'm just going off of people who have seen them and my own opinion. Um, I hear it is better in almost every regard. I don't have too much interest in watching the live-action film, maybe one day for a laugh, but I am actually going to check out the uh, anime film. I can't remember what it's called all of a sudden, uh, but there was an English retranslation of that pretty recently that I'm interested in checking out. I was going to do it before I watched the film, but I just never got around to it, but I think we might do that in the next couple of days. Could be fun to do, but I've heard better than that as well. So if you've watched Eva and were kind of worried as a result, then I think you can put your... Uh, I think you can put your worries at rest, so to say. It got judged a little bit harshly, um, as video game films often do. I know Tetris got slammed for the same reason of, what is Tetris? I've never heard it uh, this last week, since there was another video game film that came out. I haven't got around to watching that one yet, but uh, I, I, I know the mainstream opinion is video game film bad, and that's entirely fair in some regards. We've been through a lot of... <laughs> through a lot of trash these past 40 or so years that they've been making them but there, there are some diamonds in the rough. Super Mario Bros is one of them it didn't quite get the critical reception in that regard uh, to which I'm sure everyone involved was looking for the reviews basically read like oh my god this isn't Taxi Driver therefore it's not a good film it has no depth to it it doesn't need to it's a fun flick I'm sure people can tear it apart for days uh, as to things that could have done better. And maybe they'd be right, but for what it is and what it aims to be, and that's all you have to look at in these situations, it's so good at what it does. And that's the main thing that I think needs to be judged against. That, that should be the measuring stick. What does it aim to be? And how does it stack up to its other contemporaries in what it's trying to be? Not... Is it the greatest movie of all time in comparison to these deep, meaningful classics? No, but was it ever trying to be also no? Why should it be held to the same standard? Why can't it be its own thing? That's what I want to know. Um, but yeah, ignore the overall critical consensus if you want to. I don't think it was that negative, but I think it was the same groaning, uh, just looking down. Uh, condescending reviews that we've been used to with these sorts of films and media for a while, so don't read too far into it, it's basically what I'm saying, if you get worried from seeing such things. With that in mind, big franchise potential, it's definitely going to get some sequels and some spin-offs, contemporaries, etc, and it deserves it. This is a great launching ground for a franchise, but equally a really good film in its own right, that if you're a fan of the franchise or a fan of video games in general, you have a passing knowledge or interest in Mario, you'll get a kick out of it. What could have been turned out to be a really low budget, low effort, low thrills family movie, like, let's be honest, Illumination tends to push out on a continuous conveyor belt. It's actually a solid change of pace, shockingly, and one that genuinely entertained me when I never expected it to do such a thing. Well, I was excited in the last couple of weeks, uh, going up to it after the trailers seemed to be on the up. Uh, I wasn't very excited all throughout, like, 
the many years we waited for this thing up to the first or second trailer. It was only after the uh, initial weariness shook of it. Um, that was like it was like three or four trailers in or made, sorry two or three trailers in where I was like okay I've got a taste for this this is going to be quite good I'm looking forward to this now and I'm glad I put aside that pessimism because I ended up really enjoying the final product and I of course look forward to what happens in the future right then questions can come after the break as well as the usual chatter with you all if you've seen it let me know what you think if you haven't are you looking forward to it Talk to me about that kind of stuff uh, down in the Discord server. But while we do so, let's get into some more music. And first of all, we've got a little bit of Donkey Kong Country Returns, followed by some Super Smash Bros. for Nintendo 3DS slash Wii U. Speak to you in just a moment, but for now, enjoy the excellent Mario-esque... It's not esque, it is... But the Mario spin-off music, and I'll be back with you in a few short moments' time. Thank you. 
welcome back. That was Yoshi's Island there from Super Smash Bros. for the 3DS slash Wii U. And for that, from Donkey Kong Country Returns, the main theme, Donkey Kong Country Returns, which is in itself a remix of the original Donkey Kong Country theme. But we're back, and it's time to talk to you all, the audience. So once again, have you watched the Super Mario Brothers movie? If so, what did you think of it? If not, looking forward to it, going to see it at some point. Think it looks interesting. Uh, regardless of what you think, uh, do let me know. And yeah, while we're at it, all the usual. What you've been playing? What you've been up to? Uh, anything you want to tell me? Any questions you want to ask me about the film? Because I have seen some down in there, but I'm more than happy to answer some for those weary, unsuspecting, whatever. Um, got a question about the film? I'm all game. Uh, I did see a couple down in the chat earlier, though, as I said. So, uh, first of all was, will people ever drop the Jamie64326? The 64326 part. Uh, we already answered that one. Let's uh, swiftly scrub past that one. Uh, afterwards, the main question, which I've been asked by multiple people today who didn't quite yet get to see it, how was Chris Pratt? And this this was the question, which I think was on a lot of people's lips, myself included, because it wasn't looking very good going into the film. Um, so I will say in that regard, um, first of all, it's important to know um, that it is a DreamWorks film and not DreamWorks, sorry, it's an Illumination film. Um, and like a lot of children's films of the day, and just films nowadays in general, 99% of it, that, that's an over-exaggeration, but like I'd say a good 40% of either the plot points or locations or major moments were spoiled in the trailers. And the reason I bring this up is because no one was big on Chris Pratt's Mario from the trailers. It just seemed really phoned in and not very good. Uh, I'm certainly in that camp. Now, the reason I bring this up is um, because one of the things they don't really go into in the trailers, they did actually somehow cut around that and avoid making it too much of a spoiler. I don't think saying this is too much of a spoiler, but if you think it is, feel free to tune out for a moment. Um, there are kind of reasons as to why Mario would be a normal speaking guy uh, presented throughout the film. You know, just your average, uh, your average dude who doesn't need to speak in this super high-pitched wahoo voice or anything like that. Um, instead, these are saved for specific moments in the film, and he does lean more and more into this as things go on. But uh, given how the film starts, how the plot progresses, etc., um, it does, uh, I, I don't know how much I can say here about spoiling too much. As I say, feel free to just take your headphones out for a second or whatever, uh, if you feel I am saying too much. Um, the way the film progresses plot-wise and the character development goes, they go hand in hand, both with Mario progressing as a character and his mannerisms becoming more like the Mario we see in-game. Therefore, him having a rather normal inoffensive, generic, he, it's not generic, but a very normal speaking voice uh, does make a lot of sense in the context of the film. Context which, unlike most stuff, was actually starved from the trailers. I do actually see the perspective of the few people who were given it the benefit of the doubt uh, back when we saw those initial trailers in that it could be really grating to have a Charles Martinet-styled voice throughout the entire film I can kind of see both from the perspective of the time and having seen the film 
how it could be a little bit grating to have that voice like in an hour and a half movie the entire way through um just because just because of the way things go for one but two just i think there's a reason we've not had loads of voice acting in mario games of course we had him making all of the sound effects as he uh goes around uh throughout our various game worlds or whatever uh video game lingo i meant to use on this video game podcast um of course we've seen stuff like that uh throughout the games but the only real game we ever saw with actual attempts at full lines of dialogue is probably super mario sunshine and i think everyone pretty much didn't like that in super mario sunshine i remember people saying at the time it felt really weird to have all of these characters speaking full lines and mario quite often got the short end of the stick but the few times he did speak it's all right but I think there's a reason they couldn't maintain a full game of Mario speaking in every cutscene. It is quite strange to hear that voice coming out of someone outside of, like, expressions of, um... What am I thinking of? You know, good expressions, um, positive expressions, etc. I think it makes sense to leave it to those scenarios. Now, as I've said, the character development kind of ties into this. Maybe in future films, if we continue to make them, we'll, we'll see them lean more into this, but... I actually think I get it. I don't know how on board I am with the decision, but I get the decision. It makes sense within the context it's in. If that's what people want to hear. If you don't, that's perfectly fine too. You can never please anyone. Or sorry, you can never please everyone is what I meant to say. You can please anyone. That's how it ends up being. I came out of it thinking, okay, I get this. It's inoffensive, sure. Makes sense would have been nice if you somewhat clarified this a little bit going into it because you could have avoided a lot of backlash and a lot of ill ill feelings towards the film but yeah it makes sense to not put all your eggs in one basket and give away too much ahead of the release for sure uh, but yeah i've been asked that so many times by people uh, today and that's generally been my response to it i hope that's sufficient and has answered enough questions for people who are a bit weary about that going into the film so, I did have Kyle uh, in the mentions earlier saying that I said I'm not cringe and yet I host a video game music podcast. I know, once again, I've accepted it. I am free. Um, but but I'm not embarrassing myself in public. Alright, got it. There are other people around me who I have to be respectful of as well. Ignore the fact that I showed up sweating buckets in a Mario t-shirt. Um, but once again, I am free. Uh, that is what counts. <laughs> Um, there was the big question asked in the chat room as well, um, which was from Jamie as well, but was answered a little bit by Resident SD, uh, both through opinion and uh, the opinion of critics. Uh, Jamie asked, the big one, the Sonic movie or the Mario movie? Now, this is really tough for me. Both tick very different boxes. While they're both trying to be family action comedy flicks, they do end up filling very different voids in the process. Sonic feels your typical road trip buddy movie, um, a better version of what we saw with various films like Alvin and the Chipmunks Hop, that live action cartoon hybrid, except with a way less annoying character. Sonic can still be very jumpy and childish and the rest of it, and that's very much played up in the film as, okay, we know he's a little annoying, which I, I don't think was the foresight those other films ever had um, for the sake of its adult audiences. 
just go, okay, we we understand that this is meant to be a little bit grating. This is the joke, not just they are grating because children will like it. Um, so in that regard, it feels that sort of road trip. Uh, we're going on a live action adventure together. Uh, that sort of, uh, I think Larry often describes it, uh, who isn't in the chat today, but quite often describes it, and it's the perfect way, so I've taken saying it as well. Especially the first one, the perfect lazy Sunday afternoon film. You put it on, not going to think too much about it. Um, you could you could put it on halfway through and still kind of follow and get it, and just have a couple cheap laughs and generally have an alright time with it. Two ramps it up a little bit in that regard, and I think it's all the better film for it, uh, in that it's great viewing from beginning to end and made me laugh quite a lot. Um, it was full of great stuff for fans of the series. Uh, the Super Mario Bros. film then is more leaning into a typical animated children's film, in that it. Do- I- I've heard a lot of people saying it has a lot of the usual uh, falling points of other Illumination films, and therefore it's just kind of okay because of that, but. I didn't really feel that. I I sat through a couple of films by the studio, and every other time it's like, I can see where this joke is going. Okay, this is this character's getting grating really quickly because their whole shtick is, haha, I'm loud and funny uh, to entertain, uh, entertain the kids. That's quite often the two things that really grate me in these sorts of films. Um, as a bunch of other things I can name, but I can't think of them off the top of my head right now. But. Um, other things that I find really irritating about most animated children's films didn't affect this film in the slightest. It did get genuine laughs out of me that weren't just chortles, it, you know, slight snorts or anything like that. It did actually get me laughing at various points. There was no one who was just, my whole shtick is being loud and screaming and offensive. Not offensive, um, what's the word I'm trying to think? In your face, I guess. Um, there's no one like that, which is a common hallmark, or the, the, the character you have is making smart-mouthed comments every moment, like, oh, look, so-and-so is about to do this. Oh, look, so-and-so did this. Could never have seen that coming, those, those fourth-wall-breaking characters that drive me nuts in these films. There's nothing like that, but it still exists to fill that void, uh, or that type, serve that type of audience, that type of film in a way that I wouldn't say it's more mature, but certainly more matured than uh, other films that it sits in the same category as. While they're both family films and, you know, family action comedies at heart, both do exist in different boxes. Both can coexist in those boxes. That still doesn't answer the question of who's better. I might draw some heat for this, and I'm perfectly willing to. I adored the Sonic, uh, the Sonic movie two. Really liked the first one. I actually want to see more Mario. I think it slightly wins it out for me. According to SD, The Verge said uh, that this is the new, uh, this is the new bar, bar pole, the, the new standard for video game movies. I can really see that. In the, it's a franchise which everyone will be familiar with. Uh, you could argue the same about Sonic, but. One that everyone's thoroughly familiar with. Like, unless you're really that head in the sand, you know Mario. You know the basic concept of it. You've played, like, oh, I played around a Mario Kart at a family gathering once. You only need that much to go into it. And Sonic, yeah, you can kind of get away with not knowing a bunch of stuff, but 
you know, it helps if you know who these actors are beforehand. It helps if you know a little bit about the games because they're going to reference stuff in the games quite a lot and that's going to tie actually quite a bit into the plot and make it more enjoyable in the process. Mario doesn't rely on that sort of stuff too much. Instead, it's quite a lot of, hey, look at this thing if you're a fan, but if you're not, we're going to introduce it to you for the first time without talking down to you, which is quite nice in that regard. It's really beautiful to look at, visually stunning. Um, it's way too fast-paced for what it does, uh, in the sense of the pacing is a little bit too fast. Like, just, hey, we're here, now we're here, now we're here, now we're here. Oh, film's over. Oh, okay because I know they needed to make it a certain length probably to fill the attention spans of the right audience members. But it does go a little bit too fast in what it does in the process. But uh, same, same as Sonic does, or same as Sonic 1 was, it was a great starting point for what was to come with that franchise. This is a great starting point for what's to come here. And as it stands, in comparison to its source material and what it does there, um, you know, what it does to adapt and improve its source material, where I think it could go, the entertainment it provided me in the meantime, and the potential it has, I'd rather watch the Mario film, honestly. Uh, as, as I said, Sonic 1 was a great base for where Sonic 2 would go, and Sonic 2 was a far better film as a result of it. Mario 1 is a much stronger starting base, if we're going by that logic. Will the next film be better than Sonic 2 was? I'm not saying that at all. But certainly, it's a better foot forward um, than that film first had. Still a great film once again, but this is better. And it prov it provides a better launch pad into what's going to be coming, I'm sure. And I'm really excited for it once again. But don't let you know the future and all the marketing potential get in the way of what is a really enjoyable film once again for what it is trying to be. If you go in with those expectations, then I came out of it liking it more than Sonic 1, which was not something I expected going into it. I uh, I secretly wore a little bit of Sonic merch on the on the underneath today, just to make sure, you know, I, I was secretly sneaking that in there, just to make sure my alliance was still with the right guy, but came out of it actually uh, preferring this one. Not something I expected going into it, but I think you're in safe hands. I don't think you got to expect it to be film of the year or anything like that. As a million people will tell you, it's not Citizen Kane. You shouldn't go into it expecting Citizen Kane. But in the process, don't go into it expecting a 10 out of 10 film for what it is at the same time. Because, yeah, it does still have some of the typical fallings of children, children's animated comedy movies. It's not perfect. But it is really good. Once again, for the category it is trying to fit in. I'd say I'd go with Mario, honestly. I'm sorry to, <laughs> I'm sorry to betray the uh, Sonic faithful, but I had to be done. Uh, once again, uh, if you would like to go and see the movie, please see it. It will be excellent. Let me know how much you enjoy it uh, in the future episodes of this show. Um, I have no idea. Uh, the games are better. Why not? The movie says SD. Um, yeah, yes. So Sonic is, is is really good. I definitely prefer a good Sonic flick uh, in terms of video games to the Mario games. I can't lie about that. Some of my favourite games of all time are Mario games. However, there's some super good ones. 
there's more highs than Sonic has highs, but Sonic's highs are always higher to me in terms of personal meaning and enjoyment and memories and just the fun factor. But Mario games are higher more often and are still really impactful when they hit. Sonic's still better though, but it's a film that did quite resonate with me. Sonic 2 resonated more in that regard, but Mario... And at the same time, yeah, really hit where it mattered, and I think that's what counts. Great film. Let me know what you think of it when you see it. Tell me on a future episode, and I'll be sure to read it out uh, and you know have, have the back and forth banter with you. That's what I do as a good radio host or something, apparently. Uh, that's what I meant to do anyway. Other stuff I meant to do is play you music. I've talked for a long time on tonight's episode. I've had a lot to say, in case you couldn't tell. But now it's time to listen to some tunes. We're going to get into a bit of Mario Strikers Battle League Football. So we have to be super redundant with the title of every Mario Strikers game here in the UK. Over in America, of course, it's just Mario Strikers Battle League. But we have to add football, in case you didn't know what it was. Hint, hint, please buy this if you like FIFA. Please, guys. Afterwards, we've got a track which I'm going to tell you right now. Spoilers! Actually appears in the film. Uh the name of the track I only found out thanks to the credits because it's actually listed properly in the credits whereas previously fans had made the name and it wasn't correct so uh, if you look for this one online you probably won't find it but uh, I'm going to go ahead and say this is a track from Bowser's Fury so we're going to get into some of that but before then some Mario Strikers Battle League Football a remix of a track from Luigi's Mansion Spooky Mansion number one enjoy and I'll be back to end of the show in just a few short moments' time.
looking for more, go to our website at kngi.org.
Fury Bowser there from none other than Bowser's Fury, uh, as mentioned before playing that. That appears in the Super Mario Bros. The Super Mario Brothers movie, believe it or not. I'm not going to tell you where, but it does make an appearance, which is pretty neat. And for that, from Mario Strikers Battle League Football, Spooky Mansion 1, the, a, a remix of the theme of Luigi's Mansion. Anyways, for one last time, we are back here on this week's episode of Vipers VGM Chair. And I'd like to give you a huge thank you if you have been tuned in. Doesn't matter where, but thank you all the same. Uh, in particular, though, as you're here live, I can shout out the podcast listeners. No, sorry, the live listeners on Discord. That's been Resident SD, Jamie64326, and the boss man himself, Carl JCRB. I said Jamie64326 again, didn't I? Habit. Old habits die hard. Right then, let's tell you what's coming up on next week's episode. And, well, it's a doozy, let me tell you. If you've not been paying attention to the KNGO website, which you absolutely should, by the way, to listen to a bunch of great video game music-related shows, that is KNGO.org, once again, for those of you not in the know. If you've not been paying attention to that, aside from the flood of Bumblecast, which, by the way, you should absolutely listen to. Same with other shows, like Movie Mandates and Nitro Game Injection. But if you've not been looking at the website, you wouldn't have noticed that last week's episode was episode 48, making this week's episode... Episode 49. What does that make the episode next week, then? Well, then, if you can't count, it might be a big ask of you. But next week's episode is episode 50. So join me then for a special episode celebrating the big number here on the KNGI Network at the usual time of 10pm UK time here on a Wednesday night. If you want something a little out of the ordinary for right now, however, join me over on RadioSega.net at 7pm UK time, that is 2pm Eastern. You can join me for an episode of Pick and Mix, a show all about the weird and wacky side of Sega and my overall love for the company. It's Good Friday uh, here in various parts of the world on Friday, a bank holiday um, in various others as well. And it's always one I enjoy uh, hosting a show on. I'm, I've always been a host of Friday Night Shows over on Radio Sega, for the most part anyway, minus the first couple of weeks. And therefore, I always get to do a special on Good Friday. I, I love it because, especially after uh, the Daylight Savings switchover, it's the first big holiday since then, um, you know, if it takes place in April. So in most cases, it's nice and bright. It's the first holiday most people have had for most of the year, minus um, like Christmas and those sorts of ones, and New Year's and the rest of it, it's like the first proper holiday of the year, it always feels like, in terms of bank holidays. Everyone's always in a good mood, because it's generally some pretty nice weather to go with it as well, and everyone's just had a nice time. And on top of that, Easter's coming up, so even more time off. There's always a lot of fun stuff I can do on those specials, therefore. Normally, a little bit of a theme on fish and Easter eggs and stuff like that. But on top of that, I always try to give you some new presents on the day itself. As I play you some music that's never been heard on Radio Sega before. Some weird oddities that maybe you won't be familiar with. As well as some new stuff fresh off the press. Um, naturally, uh, as I assume, I don't know for sure. But I assume no one's got round to it yet. I'll be playing for you a little bit of Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog on uh, Friday's episode. As well as some other soundtracks that are quite... Exciting, I'm sure to say. Some that have never been heard on Radio Sega before. 
from the depths of YouTube and other sources. Some are brand new games which haven't quite got to getting on the playlist yet, and others are just some new ones which are sure to excite you too. So there's a lot coming up on Friday's episode. Join me once again Friday at 7pm UK time on RadioSega.net for a special edition of Pick and Mix. Otherwise catch me next week again at 10pm UK time for Viper's VGM Show. One more track to go for you now then, and it is one final quest from Pocket Alluri. I was actually planning on playing this one anyway, so this worked out quite nicely. Um, so let's get into it. It's from Super Mario Odyssey. It plays towards the end of the game. Shocker. Some people still might want, not want to be spoiled on this one either, so I'm not going to give you too many details, but it's a vocal theme, which is very rare in the Mario series, but such an appreciated change. What a great game this was and a breath of fresh air at that in, in that regard too it's the reason i brought it up uh, in the same vein as the mario movie and it changed so much uh, for the better in terms of mario games and mario movies in the same uh, for the overall franchise now so they, they they share a lot of common in terms of spirit and the rest of it so one more track from super mario odyssey now break free lead the way Thank you for listening. If you have been, I've been Green Viper 8, and this has been another episode of Vipers VGM Show here on the KGI Network. I'll catch you this Friday at 7pm UK time for a new edition of Pick and Mix on Radio Sega. Otherwise, see you next Wednesday at 10pm UK time for the episode 50 special. For now though, stay safe, and thank you as always for joining me on this current instalment of my VGM Show.
are gonna start. You're listening to the KNGI Network.